Support for this podcast comes from San Francisco International Airport. At SFO, you can discover award-winning flavors and unique shops all before takeoff. Learn more about what's at SFO at flysfo.com. Hey there, this is Brittany Luce from NPR's It's Been a Minute. KQED's podcasts like The Bay, Bay Curious, Mind Shift, Right Nowish, and more all tell the stories of the Bay and beyond with reliable, human-centered journalism. They aim to inspire, make you think, entertain, and expand your understanding of the place you call home. Here's how you can support podcasting at KQED. Showing your support is easy, and you can join Brittany in supporting KQED Podcast too at donate.kqed.org slash podcast. That's donate.kqed.org slash podcast. From KQED. Good morning. This is the California Report. I'm Saul Gonzalez in Los Angeles. California has extended its indoor mask mandate through at least February 15th. KQED's Laura Clivens has more. State health officials say the move reflects increasing pressure on hospitals. Roughly 8,000 people are hospitalized for COVID statewide, similar to numbers during September's Delta wave, but less than half of hospitalizations from last winter's surge. Hospitals are admitting more young people, many with underlying health conditions, said Dr. Mark Galley, a top health official. Few are landing in the ICU. Omicron is here, and it's here now, and we can't abandon the tools that we've used to achieve our collective success. Tools like vaccines, boosters, and therapeutics. Galley acknowledged, however, demand for tests is outpacing the state's supply. The state now recommends wearing surgical masks or N95s, but is not planning to mandate certain masks. For the California Report, I'm Laura Clivens. In Los Angeles County, employers will be required to provide high-quality masks to employees who work indoors and who are in close contact with others. The update to the county's public health order goes into effect on January 17th. Employers will have to provide workers with medical-grade masks like N95s or KN95s or well-fitting surgical masks. The upgraded mask requirement is similar to one the county issued to schools last week, requiring teachers and staff to wear higher-grade face coverings. More than 2,400 COVID-positive patients are hospitalized in Los Angeles County. Health officials say while those numbers are concerning, especially with staffing shortages at many local hospitals, Hospitals. It's still less than half the total number of people hospitalized during last winter surge. Today marks the one-year anniversary of the January 6th insurrection, when a mob of pro-Trump supporters violently stormed Congress to try to overturn the lawful 2020 presidential election results. There were many Californians who participated in the insurrection. We wanted to find out a little bit more about some of them and what's happened to them in the year since. So we called NPR investigative correspondent Tom Dreisbach, who's part of a reporting project tracking those involved in January 6th. I started by asking Tom how many Californians have been investigated in the wake of the insurrection. We don't know how many people have been investigated. It's probably a very high number. But we do know how many people have been charged. And it's about 50 people so far from California who've been charged with crimes related to January 6th. That's out of a pool of about a little more than 700 nationwide. The FBI is still going through a massive amount of evidence and continues to make arrests, it feels like, almost every day. And so we expect that number to grow. You've uh, profiled a couple of Californians in particular in the wake of the insurrection. And let's start with Alan Hostetter from Mm -hmm. Orange County. I know him as a 
former cop turned yoga instructor. Tell us more about him. That's right. So Alan Hostetter is definitely one of the most memorable people that have been charged in the Capitol riot. He's from the beach town of San Clemente. Um, he's an army veteran and a former police officer, actually a police chief for the town of La Habra. Uh, then he recently took up yoga instruction and sound healing. But when COVID hit in spring of 2020, his life completely changed. He became a very prominent far-right activist against masks, against lockdowns. Um, and at points, he would use really violent rhetoric. He said that Governor Newsom would be hanged uh, as a traitor uh, if if this were around the time of the American Revolution. And on January 6th, federal prosecutors allege that he conspired with members of a far-right militia known as the Three Percenters to bring chaos and destruction to the Capitol and to actually obstruct the counting of electoral votes that would confirm Joe Biden had won the election. Hostetter has denied all of the allegations against him, and he has pleaded not guilty, and his trial is still pending. All right, let's turn to another Californian you've profiled, Christian Secor, also from Orange County, went to UCLA. What is he accused of doing during the insurrection, and what's his story? Well, yeah, he was a far-right student at UCLA, and in 2020, he was known for being associated with a far-right movement known as the Groypers. This is a movement associated with a guy named Nick Fuentes, an extremist from Illinois who has pushed white nationalism, anti-Semitism, Holocaust denial. Sikor was also very much into the Second Amendment and gun culture. Federal prosecutors say on January 6th, Sikor went to D.C., He was among the rioters who, they allege, who went inside the Capitol building, actually made it to the Senate chamber, where you can see him on video, as prosecutors describe it, sitting in the chair that the vice president typically sits in. So the chair that Mike Pence just hours before was sitting in. He has pleaded not guilty. Court documents indicate that plea negotiations have been ongoing between him and prosecutors, uh, but we don't know where that will land or if he'll eventually take this case to trial. What, if anything, do you think law enforcement is concerned about looking ahead when it comes to far-right activism or actions being taken in the world by far-right groups with connections or roots here in California? Well, I think law enforcement had a wake-up call, certainly on January 6, 2021. And arguably, and critics will say, that wake-up call came way too late, that the signs of violence were brewing for long before then, and and law enforcement was simply flat-footed. Since then, however, um, we have seen a far-right movement that was initially struggling in the wake of the Capitol riot, was struggling to disown what had happened, but it has since actually embraced the events of January 6th, some comparing it to like a Bastille Day that should be celebrated on the far right. I think that certainly leads to concerns among law enforcement that domestic extremists could bring more violence to the country. I think that's true in California, where we have a number of extremist groups that have been active, including the Proud Boys and the Oath Keepers. But when the former president of the United States, Donald Trump, has himself said positive things about who he calls the patriots who took part in in January 6th, I think that raises a lot of concerns about how extremism has moved further into the mainstream. All right. That is NPR's Tom Dreisbach joining us. Tom, thank you so much for your time. Thanks, Saul. Appreciate it. On the anniversary of the Capitol insurrection, State Senator Scott Weiner is proposing to punish groups that support undermining elections in the future. KQED politics editor Scott Schaefer has the details. 
California is a donor-rich environment, not just for Democrats, but for Republicans and nonprofits supporting conservative causes. Senate Bill 834 would allow the Franchise Tax Board to suspend or deny tax-exempt status for any nonprofit that engages in or supports efforts to overturn Democratic election results. Senator Weiner hopes his bill will disrupt funding for groups like those that supported the January 6th insurrection. Efforts to overthrow the U.S. government, overthrow our democracy, uh, and these organizations should not have the privilege of tax-exempt status. Weiner says even nonprofits registered outside California would be subject to the bill if it passes. For the California Report, I'm Scott Schaefer. Do you love learning about the San Francisco Bay Area? Its history, its people, its unique blend of cultures? Then you should check out the Bay Curious book. I'm Katrina Schwartz, editor and producer on the Bay Curious podcast, and I'm here to let you know that for the month of May, we've worked out a sweet deal for KQED podcast listeners. Right now, you can get the Bay Curious ebook for $1.99. That's right, $1.99. Just search for Bay Curious wherever you get your ebooks or find a link in our show notes. This offer does expire at the end of the month, though, so you'll want to act on it fast. Happy reading! Hey, it's Avery Truffleman, host of Articles of Interest. And I've got to say, I've been a fan of KQED ever since I was a little kid and I would come out to San Francisco to visit my grandma. It was just what we'd always turn on every time we got in the car, every time we were making dinner and turning on the radio. It was always KQED. And then over the years, I've become a massive fan of KQED podcasts because this is local reporting at its best. These are answers to questions you've always wanted to know, interviews with exciting, unusual voices, necessary journalism, all told with love and care and artistry. And did you know that a majority of KQED's funding actually comes from members? It's just people like you and me supporting the programs they love while also getting access to cool events, behind-the-scenes footage, and so much more. If you want to sign up and be a part of this amazing community, visit donate.kqed.org slash podcasts to become a member today. That's podcasts with an S. Thank you for listening, and thank you for your support. The Grammy Awards, which had been scheduled to take place later this month in Los Angeles, have been postponed indefinitely due to the surge in COVID-19 cases. Organizers say they were concerned about the health and well-being of everyone involved, but they still plan to hold the show later this year. Meanwhile, state health officials say they've been in touch with the NFL about planning for the Super Bowl, which will be held on February 13th at SoFi Stadium in Inglewood. League officials have reportedly contacted the Dallas Cowboys about its stadium's availability as a possible alternative site. But the NFL issued a statement saying that's normal procedure for the Super Bowl in case they need to relocate the game at the last minute. And that's the California Report for Thursday, January 6th. We're a production of KQED Public Radio. I'm Saul Gonzalez. Thanks for listening and have a great day. Support for the California Report comes from Stanford Medicine, protecting your health and providing dependable care with safe in-person appointments and video visits, stanfordhealthcare.org slash adaptingcare. Eric and Wendy Schmidt, whose philanthropy includes Schmidt Futures, focused on finding exceptional people and helping them do more for others together, on the web at schmidtfutures.com. And Paint Care, 
Now, with 800 drop-off sites in California where households and businesses can recycle their leftover paint. More at paintcare.org. Hi, I'm Sasha Coca, host of the California Report magazine. Every week, we bring you stories about what connects us in the giant, diverse Golden State. Because what happens in California changes the world. I love this place. We were once seen as, like, the place to be California. The land of milk and honey, that's where you go to Sunshine State, but we just have challenges right now. KQED's California Report magazine. New episodes drop every Friday, wherever you get your podcasts. Hi there, I'm Randa Dirfatah from Throughline. If you're listening to this podcast, you know that KQED produces exceptional storytelling that keeps you informed, inspired, and entertained. Their podcasts cover issues from your neighborhood to the entire country and everything in between. Support this work today. You can help us continue to bring quality podcasts to your ears. Just head to donate.kqed.org slash podcast. That's donate.kqed.org slash podcast.